0: Okay, so today's daf is Ain Tet in Yoma. We are on Ayin Chet Amud Bet. We are at the wide lines, basically, where it says Hamelech vaKala End of that, uh, end of that line. That's quoting the Mishnah that said that uh, the king and the Kala, the woman who is a newlywed bride, are allowed to wash their face. So it says. Uh, ma, so the question is, Mani. who is the author of our Mishnah who claims that a king and a bride are allowed to wash their face? Rabbi ben It's the opinion of Rabbi Chananya ben Tradiyon. It says in the brayta, because the Tanakhama of this Brita says that the king and the bride are no different than anyone else. However, Rabbi Chananya ben Tradiyon Mishum Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Chananya ben Tradion said, the name of Rabbi Eliezer, that uh, the king and the bride are allowed to wash their faces, and we're going to see why in a second. Again, the Tanakh Hamas says that even a woman who's recently given birth should not wear shoes, but Rabbi Eliezer had said, and Rabbi Khanan bin Tradion quoted him as saying that the woman who's recently given birth is allowed to wear uh, shoes. Now, the question is, now, here you could tell that the words are reversed, probably, is what he says. It should say probably Melech Maitama, right? Melech Maitama. what's the reason that the king is allowed to wash his face? Because it's a mitzvah for you to see the king in his glory. And if he doesn't look good, it's bad for the office of the king. And Right, he's not washing his face because he wants pleasure. He's washing his face. The point of Rabbi Eliezer's concept is that just like we know that washing to remove dirt is allowed, also if you're washing not because you want to enjoy the washing of being fresh, but because you have a, a responsibility you have to look glorious the king has to look respectable that's okay or the kala also kala maita ama kedeshlo titkanel bala so she doesn't become, un, you know, become repulsive to her husband. In the beginning, you know, the husband looking closely at the wife, you know, that the expects her to look beautiful all the time and all that. So if she, you know, on Yom Kippur, she doesn't look so good. Okay, so maybe you'll say that that's, you know, uh, how much do you see your wife on Yom Kippur? Uh, when goes to, okay, so that's what they say that, you know, these are, even according to makhloket, whether we hold like Rabbi Eliezer, the Tanakhama. And they, and they say today, even according to those who would say that we hold like Rabbi Eliezer, we don't do this today. Why? Well, we don't have any kings. And when it comes to brides or wives, you don't really see your wife on People are in the synagogue all day long. They don't see them, and so it's not really an issue anymore. But the idea of Rabbi Eliezer is that not only removing lichluch, not only removing dirt is allowed because it's not for enjoyment, even if you're doing it for a higher cause, like you're doing it for Shlom bayt, right? That's also considered a, 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 a legitimate according to Rabbi Eliezer. It's a chidush, but that's his position. It makes sense. Ama Rabbi how long do you define? Rav asked how long is it she considered kalah? Amalei said to him, like we say in the Brite, For 30 days we consider a woman to be a bride. Um, for example, for a situation where there's a death in the family, she becomes, a, she becomes a a mourner also. She's allowed because she was a kalah when she became a... Uh, when the evil occurred, when they, you know, the situation, somebody passed away, she's allowed to still look nice for 30 days because that's the beginning of the marriage and we don't want it to be overshadowed by this, you know, in a negative way. So you see for 30 days, she's called the kalah here also that uh, if Yom Kippur were to come, Rabbi Eliezer would say that she could wash her face if she just got married within the last 30 days. Okay? Now, uh, again, we said, Why can a woman, why is the woman who is um uh who just recently gave birth why is she allowed to wear a shoe on Yom Kippur again it's a, the, so it says because because of the cold so again it's not really because of pleasure but it's because she she feels the cold more sensitively right if it's because she's afraid of scorpions it's allowed and rashi says that doesn't just apply to uh, a woman who is a who is just given birth, meaning if somebody's wearing shoes because they're afraid of scorpions, what does that show you? That shows you that if you're in a situation where you needed to wear something on your feet because of danger or harm, like you're walking in a place with broken glass, like I was saying the other day, so that would be a situation where you could wear shoes because it's not for the pleasure. It's in order to protect your feet. Uh, for a legitimate reason. And obviously, if you walk barefoot, you could get hurt. So then it would be allowed. Now, and, and as I mentioned, there's a machloket, whether we hold like Rabbi Eliezer, or we hold like Chachamim uh, in these halachot. Now, we learned that if a person eats the size of a large date of food on Yom Kippur, they are liable for eating on Yom Kippur. Ba'irah, Papa, Papa, the following question. When it says, When you're talking about the volume of a date, are you talking about with the pit or without the pit. In other words... Is that, in, do you include the pit in the calculation or do you not include the, the, the pit in the calculation? Now, Tosfot has a whole problem with interpreting the Gemara this way because it seems obvious from the Mishnah that the Mishnah says that, that it says that you, we include the date and its pit. So, Tosfot has a different interpretation, but we're going to go with Rashi who takes it literally, okay? So, and as Rashi preempts the question, because he, he, he says, when our Mishnah says, that includes the pit. The question is: Do we say that what what the Mishnah was really saying was either one, meaning you can either measure by the flesh of the date or by the pit of the date, because they're pretty much the same thing. That's what the Mishnah said. Or it meant no; it meant the combination of the two is what makes the volume. In other words, if you squish just the meat of the date together, is that the amount of volume that would be um, that would be uh, considered? or it has to be including also as if the pit were there too, right? That's that's going to be that's the question. Or do we say that no? What it meant was if you squish down the meat of the date and you have the pit, it's pretty much the same thing. That's why it said like the pit, like the date like the pit. Meaning it's pretty much the same thing if you squish the date together. Now, so that would be the question. But so so we left that as a question. When we talk about a. Uh, uh, a bone the size of a barley corn is what conveys to matmet be-klipata, be-klipata, oblo-klipata. Is that talking about with the barley corn with its uh, shell or without the shell? Because you could you could you know you can shell the barley, remove the outer layer of the barley, and it's much smaller, right? So the question is, when we talk about a the size of a barley corn, what are we talking about obloklipata Are we talking about one that has that is moist or one that is dry? Because a barley corn could either have moisture that it absorbed, and then it's going to puff up more. Or it could be dry, and it's going to be a lot, uh, a, a lot smaller. So, Ravashi lo mi Raf Papa. Interestingly, Ravashi did not ask any question about what Rav Papa is because Rav Papa was asking about the case of the date and the pit. According to Ravashi, that wasn't an issue. Because he says, Gasa itmar, Kolkava de Gasa, that since it says that you go by the large date, that means as big as you can make it. So if it's gonna, so we include the pit, because we want it to be as big of a size as possible, because that would include the pit. Um, so he didn't ask that question. He said it's obvious that it means with the pit inside. And Rav Papa was not interested in the question of Ravashi about the etzem kisora about the barley corn because it says lacha when it's wet. In other words, when it's moist, chibolet mikre. We call it a shibolet. We don't call it a uh, we don't call it a seorah. We call it a shibolet, meaning when it's you know when it's it hasn't been dried yet. So it's. Um, it's still in its natural form. And shilobically pata, and it says ushla in our Gemara, but the word I think should be chushla or something like that, right? Um, uh, yeah, chushla. So it says we call it a when it is shelled, right? When we have already removed the shell, nikri. So the point is that the language of the word sewra, barley, means. In its, uh, it means in its dried state, but with the shell still on. Because if you de- if you remove the shell, or if you're talking about when it's in its uh, the state where it's been, it has absorbed moisture. There are different words for that. So we know that when it says it means a specific type of you know state of the barley corn. And so, the, uh, you know, and so therefore we are, we are, uh, so Ravashi didn't have the question about Rav Papa and Rav Papa didn't have the question of Ravashi. They both, so in other words, Rav Papa said that when it comes to barley, it's talking about it when it has the shell, but it's dry. And according to Ravashi, when it's talking about uh, uh, a date, it's talking about with the pit. And so they didn't have any question about the other person's question. Okay. But they talk, Mishnah says, large date? Yeah, large date. So it's not a medium-sized date. No, large, large date. large date. Yeah. So he's saying the larger, the better. So if you don't include the pit, it's going to be smaller because you squish it together, it's going to be smaller. So he said you want it to be as big as possible, so that's going to include the pit too. Those are talking about the volume of the date, right? Yeah. Talking about the volume of it. Now, um, Amar, and I should say, uh, Rabbah. Amar Rabbah, Amar of sh'amru The large date that the Rabbis talk about is larger than a kabetzah. Right? Vikim You know, like those really big medjul dates, you know, there's really I've never seen one bigger than an egg, but uh Vikim de because you know it's an interesting thing because the Pasuk, when it speaks about not not eating on Yom Kippur, it never uses the word don't eat. That's why we don't follow the measure of Kazai. It says you should be afflicted. Lo it says teune, right? Te'anet nafshotechem afflict yourself. So we're not going by the measurement of eating. That's why if a person needs a kazayit on Yom Kippur, they aren't liable for violating Yom Kippur because a kazayit is not enough for psychological satisfaction. The idea of, of inui is that the person feels d- disturbed. They feel deprived. So a kazayit is not enough to remove that, to give them like a sense of satisfaction. Only the size of a date is. So that's why they. That's why because the language of the Torah is different, that's how we know that the measurement is different. That it's a date and not an, and not an olive size like we normally would say, so that's why it says the rabbis had a tradition, meaning the Torah shebal pe taught that you know uh, that uh, as if a person has this amount of a date that's going to give them peace of mind, so to speak, a little bit of a respite from the suffering of Yom Kippur. If they have less than that, it won't be. But he's saying it's bigger than an egg, right? So it bits is okay. A Beit will be okay, not mm-hmm. not actually okay, but meaning you wouldn't have violated the Isur Karet. But if you if you get up to a date that's talking about a date like bigger than any medjul date that you ever saw in any of the Persian stores, you know they have some big ones, but not the as yeah. that. Why would it say this? have Yeah, so the, well, the Gemara is going to going to yeah, change yeah, it, but yeah, it's going to yeah. revise this. But first, it's going to question. <laughs> So there was a story that one time they brought Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai and this of course appears in Masechet Sukkah mainly. They brought Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai some food and they brought Rabban Gamliel two dates and a bucket of water and they said bring it to the sukkah in other words they brought it up to the sukkah even though it doesn't seem like you would necessarily have to eat those things in a sukkah but they said bring it to the sukkah we learned about that not because you have to go rather because they were being machmir. They wanted the, 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 when it comes to sukkah the more you eat in the sukkah the greater the mitzvah we always say even and if a person says it, so far that we say that even if a person will only drink water in the sukkah we say you know it's great that he only eats in the sukkah, the more the better. But not that you have to. <laughs> On the, by contrast, when they gave Rabbi Tzadok food that was less than a kabitzah, <laughs> he took it in a, a kerchief, in a napkin, but we, they didn't have paper napkins, bread. obviously. What? Bread? Yeah, it's bread he's talking about. It must be, because that's why he's saying he took it in a, in a napkin, because he didn't want to uh, wash. Right? So, uh, and it says, And he ate it outside the sukkah, and he didn't say any birkat ha because it was too little. In other words, it's contrasting. It's showing on one hand, these people had a thing they don't have to bring in the sukkah, but they brought it in. Rabbi Tzedok, they brought him something really on the borderline, like just under the, me- the measurement of the, of, uh, you know, of birkat ha-mazon, and he decided not not to do netilat He held it with a, with a, a, some kind of a napkin, and he, and he ate it outside the sukkah. So, So, but the the main point here is, which implies that if Rabbi Tzedok had been brought a full kabetza, right, he would have had to go to the sukkah, obviously, because it's saying the reason why he ate it outside the sukkah was because it was less, right? Now, the thing is, you're going to tell me that the size of a date, like we said before, a large date is actually more than an egg. We have a big mathematical problem over here. Because now the assumption of the Gemara is that if the amount that Rabban Yochanan uh, ben Zakkai had been eating before or that, uh, that we saw that, um, that Rabban Gamaliel had been eating before, if that had been Kabetzah, then they would have had to bring it into the Sukkah also. That's the assumption. Okay, so the assumption is therefore that the two kotavot that they had, the two dates that they had, did not equal a kabitzah. Because if they had eaten a kabitzah, he would have had to bring it in the sukkah. That's the assumption of the Gemara, obviously. Because it's saying, you see that Rabbi Tzedok, for less than a Kabitzah, he didn't go in the sukkah. But Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai, and, and, or in, in this case, Rabban Gamli for two kotavot, for two dates, did go into the sukkah, right? And we said that he didn't have to go in, right, he didn't have to go in, But he wanted to go in to be machmir. So the thing is, that obviously shows you, says the Gemara, that the two dates that he ate did not equal a kabetzal. Because if they equaled the kabetzal, he would have to go in. It wouldn't say that he was being stringent. He would have had to go in. How could you say that a large kotevet, a large date with its pit, is is bigger than an egg, right? But two dates without their pits are not as big as an egg? Okay, do you understand the logic? In other words, it's saying that if he's eating two dates, and we're assuming that any food, fu- right now the Gemara is assuming that any food that you eat, basically, that's a kabetza, you have to eat in the sukkah. So how could it be that he ate two, two dates, and we said, oh, no, 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 he didn't, ha- he didn't really have to go in the sukkah, but it would be okay, he didn't have to go in the sukkah. But on the other hand, Rabbi Tzedok, uh, uh, but we see that it must have been less than a kabetza, because, other, because because more than a kabetza, he would have to eat in the sukkah. That's the assumption. Right, so how could one be bigger than a betza, but he ate two and he wasn't a betza? So Gemara answers, no, actually, two dates without the pits will not equal a kabetzah. Two dates, just the meat of the dates. But a large date with its pit, there's a difference. Two regular sized dates without the pit is not as big as an egg. But a large date with the pit is bigger than an egg. This is why people say, says, "If you have two kav of dates, you have one kav and more of pit." In other words, the pit is very is, it takes up a lot, and the meat is a lot less. Okay, so there, so therefore, he's saying that in regular dates, it's true that two dates would not even equal the size of a bit, but one large date with its pit would. Because because actually the pit adds a lot to the substance of the to the volume of the of the date. Now, so that would mean that we're saving the idea that really a large date with its pit is bigger than an egg. That's we're saving that according to this. However, you're misunderstanding that whole story. The reason why Rabban Gamliel didn't have to go into the Sukkah with his dates wasn't because. He uh, and I can already see Mikey thinking of something about bringing your date to the sukkah. I just, I already see it. I already see it. I know, I know, he's, I know it's percolating in there. But um, different kind of date, right? Churma we're talking about. So if if Rabban Gamliel didn't have to didn't have to bring it in, it wasn't because of the quantity. It was because it's fruit, right? It Was because of pereh? It's fruit, right? So u pereh lo In other words, he's not. It's. It could very well be. That, you know, that two that really, you know, two dates are more than a bitzah, but it doesn't matter because eating fruit, fruit you don't have to eat in the sukkah. That's the reason. So you can't derive anything. You can't say, oh, we see from that that two dates is actually less than a bitzah. How could it be that one date is, that one large date is bigger than a bitzah when it has the pit? It says no. Uh, it, w- w- it doesn't matter. Even if two dates is large, even if two dates is larger than a bitza, still he know. wouldn't have had to go into the sukkah. Not because he's eating less than a bitza size, but because there is no such rule that you have to eat fruit in the sukkah. Okay, so you can't learn anything from it. Okay, so there is an objection. Rabbi, Rabbi said, "Kishayin u'lomdim It's Rabbi Elazar ben when we were learning to by, by next to with, or with Rabbi Elizabeth ben They brought figs, grapes, We ate them achilat Arai Achilat aray means we had a snack of them outside the sukkah. Achilat aray in achilat kevalo, which implies that it's only because we had a snack that we were allowed to eat them outside the sukkah. But technically, if we had eaten a lot of them, if we had had a big fruit salad or something like that, and it was a meal that we would have had to go on the sukkah. So you're wrong, Rafa. It's not true that a meal of fruit doesn't count as a, doesn't count for the sukkah. It does count. So it says, No. What he meant was, we ate them like an achilat aray, meaning just like you could eat a bite of bread outside the sukkah, which is just a small momentary, you know, bite outside the sukkah. That's how we ate the fruit, meaning that's all it counts for. No matter how much fruit you eat, it's not ever going to reach the level of a kazayit of bread. That's what he meant when he said achilat aray, He meant we ate it in the same way that we would eat a bite of bread, meaning that we didn't need the sukkah for that. Or he might have meant we ate a fruit, a full amount of fruit, but we ate a little bit of bread with it, which was achilat aray. Meaning either way, he's not saying, he didn't mean to say that the fruit was what necessitated the sukkah or that a fruit could necessitate a sukkah. What he meant was that its status is not the status of bread. Therefore, as much as you want a fruit, you could eat outside the sukkah, right? So, so therefore, the Ravah's point is that you can't derive anything from what they did with the dates because, with, with regard to sukkah because it's not the same situation uh, it, it could be more than a it could be less than a it doesn't matter. So you can't, you can't, you can't derive the size of it from that case. Exactly. So now, lema here's a support for that. So, um, so it, the, the halacha is that there's a discussion in Misaelhetzuka about how many meals a person has to eat in the sukkah during uh, during sukkot and according to most of the Chachamim, you only have to eat bread on the, in the sukkah on the first night the rest of the time it's rushut. if you want to eat food in the sukkah if you want to eat bread you have to eat in the sukkah if not then not rabbi eliezer said no you have to have 14 suudot in the he says there's a mitzvah to say to eat in the sukkah day and night every day of sukkot meaning you have to have 14 suudot starting the first night first day, second night, second day, and so on, with bread, all seven days of Sukkot, so it's going to be 14 meals, according to Rabbi Eliezer, because he takes it literally, it's not just that you establish the Sukkot as your home, and you're not allowed to eat bread outside, but that you actually have to positively do something every single day, eating in the Sukkot night and day, so for, if, he says, if the person didn't, have one of those meals, but he had minetar targima, which usually means, Rashi here says it means liftan, which is something that you put on the bread, like it uh, could be uh, meat or fish or something like that that's eaten with bread. Tosafot says the more standard interpretation that minetar targima means mizonot, that if you eat mizonot instead of bread, that would be enough. Now, what's the point? You see that mizonot would work, or something more substantial like meat or fish might work, but you see in al if you're going to say that the, that fruit requires a sukkah, perot. Why doesn't it say perot instead? Why doesn't it just say fruit? In other words, if you could use fruit, if the fruit really required a sukkah, so then you should, that means, in other words, the ideas go together. If something requires a sukkah, that means that, it, that eating it is significant in the sukkah. So Rabbi Eliezer's point is that in order to make up these 14 seudot, if you're short one of the seudot, you need to eat a little bit more. You don't have to have bread. You can have something less than bread. So why not eat fruit? If fruit requires a sukkah also, then eating fruit should be significant. Why can't you use fruit? from the fact that it says you can't, that shows you that fruit doesn't require a sukkah. Fruit is nothing for sukkah. So the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. May Maybe minetargima means fruit. Maybe what it means when it says those extra things that you could eat and make a meal out of it, it means fruit. You can't prove anything about fruit because maybe that's talking about it in a place where you don't have fruit. So he suggests using his or he suggests using meat or fish. He does, he's not making an opi- He's not stating his opinion about fruit just because he didn't mention fruit. That doesn't mean that he's saying anything. It, it, don't, don't draw an implication from that about fruit. Okay, now by the way, there's a lot of, a lot of discussion comes from this Gemara uh, about Sudash Lishit right? Because some people say, oh, you, do you need bread for Sudash lishit? Maybe you can use Mizonot, maybe you can use other kinds of food, uh, you know, because they, they learn it from here. Oh, you see that Minei uh, gima. Maybe, maybe it could even mean fruit, maybe it could mean meat or fish, maybe it could mean Mizonot. So like some people, let's say they don't want to eat a full Sudash Lishit with bread, can you rely on that? So Shohan brings a few opinions. He brings an opinion that you have to have bread, which is the standard opinion that he says is the Halakha, but then he says some people say Mizonot is okay, some people say other foods are okay, and it's all based on this and that there's a Tosfot here that goes through... Uh, different views on that but anyway back to our regularly scheduled program so the the question is uh, so we haven't resolved anything, basically, insofar as the previous opinion that was saying that a large date is bigger than a betzah. That doesn't seem to jive with our experience, but it didn't prove or disprove it, basically. It left it as is. Now the Gemara says, Rav Zevid and you can see from the little letter next to the word kotevet that this is where what is codified as the halachan. It makes sense. Kotevet, amru, The large date that we're talking about is less than a, an egg, not more. As we learned in the mishnah, uh, because Beit Shammai said and we, this is actually a mishnah in Masachet Beitz in the beginning right. Beit Shammai said that w- there's a difference between the amount that you're liable for chametz and the amount that you're liable for seor. The Torah mentions two kinds of substances, right? One is called is called chametz. Chametz is the kind of chametz is the kind of like leavened item that you eat, like bread, cake, whatever. Seor so, is actually a type of like dough, which is like a, called a, we call it like a starter dough today, which is like a, which is a dough that initiates the leavening process in other, it's very intense, very intense level of leavening going on in there, so much so that if you put it in another dough, it stimulates it to start to rise more quickly. That's called seor. Now, a normal person doesn't eat seor. But it's but the Torah prohibited it from being eaten and also from being owned. Now the measurement according to Beit Shemai is different. A person is liable for a kazait of chametz, but only a um, but only a I'm sorry, a of seor, but o- but a, only a kekotevit of chametz. And the Gemara actually talks about over there that that's talking about possession, not not eating. If I'm not mistaken, right? Does he say it here? Does he mention it here? Does he mention? Well, I remember that yeah, it it says, it, uh, it, says in English, it in the English. Yeah, I remember that from the Gemara that it says it doesn't mean eating; it means possession, right? Yeah. So, but either way, we don't hold like Beit Shammai doesn't. So, so sometimes forget. But yeah, he means possession of it, not eating. Now, the point is that according to that, owning an amount of a kazayit of seor or owning an amount of a date size of chametz would be. Make you liable for owning chametz. So, we asked the question: So, the Gemara had said, "What is the reasoning of Beit Shammai? Because the Torah could have written chametz, and we wouldn't need to know seor. Why not? Because if chametz said has a light amount of leaven, you're liable for that." So kal is something that has such an intense level of leavening like the saur. So therefore, what's it coming to tell you? Mi from the fact that the Torah is dividing the two of them. Limda, or, or, or what does it say? What does it say? It should actually say? Lomar, okay. Lomar lecha, to tell you as follows. That... She urosel zeh, no, because she that they have different shiurim. Seor bekazayit, chametz That seor is a kazayit and a chametz is a kikotevit. Of course, the reply of that, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I learned masachet Pitzah. We'll get up to it soon, but if I remember, is that, oh, well, there's a difference because chametz is edible and seor is not edible, so you might not have made, you might not have assumed one from the other. But according to Beit Shamai, the point is that since the Torah mentions seor and mentions chametz separately, and you could have made a kalva chomer from chametz to seor based on the, the degree of leaven leavening power in it, right? So the fact that it mentions the two of them is to tell you that the measure is is relative to the degree of the leavening, so the or it's going to be a kazayit, and the and, and the date it's going to be, and, and the uh, the chametz is going to be the size of a date. Okay, but what does that show you? Obviously, the size of a date is larger, right? To make to make uh, uh, but then a kazayit it's larger, right? But we don't know about a kabetzayit, right? But it's obviously larger than a kazayit. Now the Gemara says, kadatah kotevet ha-gasa, sh'amru we're trying to support Rav Zavid, who's saying that the large date is smaller than an egg, not bigger. So if you're going to tell me it's bigger, if the only reason of Beit for making the measurement of Chametz bigger, right, making it the size of a date, is because since the Torah mentions Seor and mentions Chametz, it must be telling you something different about Chametz that the measurement for liability is larger, which actually is more lenient, right? The measurement for liability is larger. If that's the only reason, they're just looking for the next grade up, right? So what would the next grade up be? Litney kabeza. If the date is larger than an egg, so then the next level up is kabeza, not not date size, right? If date size is in between olive and egg, and you just want to raise it one level, one notch, so then you raise from olive to 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 beca, to uh, to uh, well, meaning it, right if if it were if beta is in between date and olive because because date is larger so then the next level up would be beta so the fact that they bring the next level up and it's date that shows you that that's in between right that's the next level up okay so then so uh, uh, so therefore that shows you and the maybe you'll tell me that actually they're the same measurement not that they're, not that, uh, that maybe we can't figure out from here that necessarily a date is bigger or smaller than a bitza. We just know that Beit Shammai is going to the next level up, right? So he wouldn't go up to the level of date if date were higher than bitza. that's for sure, because that's skipping two levels, right? From Kazayit all the way to date. But if date is smaller than bitza, we understand. He's going to the next level. If date and bitza are equal... So we have the question that nitne kabeza. So then it should have said kabeza because that's the more common language. Why are you in a date over here? You need the to ride. get a date. And then get a wedding date. You can have a. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can have a medium date You can have a small date Right It's talking about to... They didn't get to that yet They're going to get to that idea In a second But So the initial conclusion is That, be, that kotevet That the date is smaller than betza Why? Because if you're going up one level You don't skip two levels And if it really is the same Even if it's the same It would use the more common language so again, I says me my deal. Maleolami malach kotev. That gasasha moi tovami kabetza. Has tam kabetza. That's your answer, basically. That was what you're saying. That when when we talk about the, the the when the claim was made that a date is larger. Than an egg, it's not talking about a regular date. It's talking about a very big one. So that's gasa, really large. That one is bigger than an egg. But but Beit Shammai is not talking about a uh, one that is a kotevet a gasa. He just says kotevet. He says a regular date. So if you have them if you so it could be that we have like this: level A is kazayit, level B is small, is regular date, level C is bitsa, and level four, right, the, the fourth level, the level D is is, is the uh, is the large date. So it could be, could be. What? Extra large. Right, extra, extra large, large. right? And even if you're going to say that the date is the same size as the Beit so Beit Shammai chose one of them and not the other one, so what? Right? In other words, you can't prove anything from that, okay. So now, ela mehacha. We learn it from here. Ad kam mizamnin ad kazayi. Rabbi Meir says, "How much do you have to eat in order to say brakatam azon ad kazayi?" Rabbi Yehuda Umer ad kabeza. Rabbi Yehuda says, "Abtukabeza." Bemaykam mipolgi. What's the machloket? Rabbi Meir says, "V'achalta zo achila." When it says "v'achalta v'savato v'achta," what does it mean? Rabbi Meir says, "V'achalta means you should eat. That's achila. V'savata zo shtiya, and v'savata means drink." Okay? Vachila b'kazayit. And achila means kazait. In other words, he's saying two different things. And that's why some people say, oh, according to Rabbi Meir, you have to drink also something in order to say, but that's another thing. But the... Right, that's what they say. Uh, but the, the point is that he doesn't interpret visavata as expanding the amount of eating that you have to do. He says, v'achalta means just a kazait, Right? It doesn't expand... The savata doesn't increase the amount of eating that the person has to do. Rabbi Yehuda says, ad why because verabi hudas savar wa akhlata wa savata akhila basvi'a when it says vi akhlata the word savata is qualifying akhila and saying a i is not enough it has to be an amount that's satiating the az so what's that amount? An egg size. So in other words, according to Rabbi Yudah, in order to be the size of an egg, it has to be bigger than a kazai. Now, the thing is, If you're going to tell me that the large date that we talk about is bigger than an egg, So now you have a big problem. If you're going to tell me that the kazai is the measurement of svi'ah, of being satisfied, how is it possible that you need even more than that for Hadat? Because what do we say that the date is measuring? The measure of the date is the amount of Hadat, the amount of psychological comfort that the food gives, that it removes the inui, it removes the affliction of Yom Kippur. You're gonna tell me that being satisfied physically via that it's a Kabitza, but you need even more than that to be psychologically satisfied, that doesn't make any sense. Right, so therefore, how could it be? Right, it's not gonna. It's not gonna make you happy. That the answer is that there's a difference between the psychological. Comfort that the food gives, which is at the level of a date, and more than that, at the level of a physical satisfaction, is the uh, is to have a kabitzah. So you see, definitively from there, from the fact that svi'ah, that being satisfied, is defined as a kabitzah according to Rabbi Yehuda, and really according to Rabbi Meir also, because he's not denying that; he's just saying you don't need to have the savata in order to be katamazon. It's two different things. Right? So, but everyone agrees that the amount of eating that's considered visavata, that the person is satiated, is a kabitza. How is it possible that you would need to go even further than that to have yeshuvadat, liatuvedate, which means like to, to rest the mind? That doesn't make any sense. Therefore, we must conclude that the date actually is less than a kabitzah And that's, of course, the halacha, that the size of a large date is less than a kabitzah. And therefore, when we're doing. Um, Whenever we're dealing with somebody who has an emergency anyway eating on Yom Kippur, we have to have, we break up the amount into small amounts and we space it out so that they never eat an amount in one shot that's considered to be in violation of Yom Kippur. The interesting thing is somebody told me who has to, had to do that. I remember years ago, many, many years ago, he was, di- yeah, he was diabetic. He said, it's worse than not eating. He's, yeah, yeah. He said, "He said it really is true that it's not miyashev etadat. It doesn't give you the psychological satisfaction. It is it's torture. You have a tiny amount, and then you have to wait whatever it is, three, four, five, minutes, whatever amount of minutes, depending on who the rab what what the rabbi says. Even you know, even the logically, it seems like the smaller amount is more logical from our perspective. Achilat pas. But they usually are strict. They make you wait seven, nine, whatever whatever number of minutes. They make you wait, and then you eat a little bit more. He said it was worse than." Uh, than, than eating, then then than not eating at all because it tortures you. But the the idea is that it doesn't give psychological comfort to the person, and the and the the mitzvah isn't expressed in the language of achilah. On the next daf, what's going to be discussed over there is more issues of shirim, and one of the things it's going to say is that the reason why we have a measurement that's different on Yom Kippur is like what I mentioned before that since it doesn't say don't eat on Yom Kippur, if it said the words lo tochal don't eat, then it would be a kazayit. It doesn't say that. It speaks in terms of the human experience of inui, of suffering, affliction, deprivation. So therefore, since it speaks in psychological terms, the measurement is defined in those terms also. Okay.